is now jazz forward George Niang on the big show. So how do you slow down the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Jeez, Gordon, you want me to email you the scouting report? You're asking me some grilling <laughs> questions right now. I'm just kidding. I mean, those guys were tremendous in their last series, and they're really good players. Obviously, it's going to be a collective group effort to slow those guys down. And you guys mentioned their bench. They have a full squad that can get it done, and I think it's going to take a collective group effort to slow those guys down. You can't let those guys linger around. And if they're not playing well, you got to continue to throw haymakers and knockout punches and look to build your lead against Clippers them. Clippers are a good team, and they're not a terrific matchup for the Jazz. If they play the switching defense, Rudy has to make them pay. And if he does, they've got to stop doing it. And then the blender opens up and the open threes and all that good stuff happens. If Rudy makes them adjust, not the Clippers make the Jazz adjust, like what are you going to do against the small ball lineup? Dunk on it. That's the answer. <laughs> that Dunk right in its face. That is one of the reasons it would be important for Mike Conley to be involved. Yes. Not that Joe Ingles is bad at it. He can get the ball to Rudy, as we've seen time and time again. But having those playmakers on the floor makes that switching defense a little more problematic. It's how you combat it. The television broadcast for the L.A. Clippers. He is Brian Seaman with us here on the Big Show. It was very obvious the Clippers were thinking their way through those first two games against the Mavericks to the point where Ty Lue said, we're going to downshift and make the defensive plan as simple as we can against Luka and the Mavs. And after that, the Clippers went 4-1 the rest of the way in the series. So finding the appropriate game plan and they'll have some problematic situations to deal with, like with Rudy Gobert and of course Donovan Mitchell and the great shooters that are around it. But to me, the energy and the execution defensively may help them overcome a bad shooting night. It's our friend Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. To me, the NBA postseason is really about who's not going to choke in the final couple minutes, who can execute better. And I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game that Donovan Mitchell will be able to get it done. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he won't do, will you come back on with us? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last <laughs> year when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets? Of course I'll come back on. And when the Clippers win and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, that won't force salt in the wound. I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show. <laughs> I'll try to be sober. Yeah. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on here. <laughs> Morris, three seconds, two seconds, blocked by Gobert. One second, he fires a two. The Jazz are going to win. The defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, blocks the shot in the corner. And the Utah Jazz have taken a one-game-to-nothing lead over the L.A. Clippers. We, we, monsieur. Jazz taking one game-to-none lead over the Clippers. It was a roller coaster of a game. The missed shots in the first quarter. Third quarter where Donovan Mitchell was as good as a basketball player could possibly yeah. be. Rudy blocking the shot to win the game. It was a heck of a ball game. It's good to feel the playoff buzz in this city again. It was pure energy in this building last yeah. night. I don't know how this series is going to turn out, but the Jazz can win it. They can go all the way. They can. I don't know if they will, but when fans sense that from their team, that flips the switch. People get excited. And in the building last night, the place was rocking, and the Jazz feed off of that. From the Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Rudy Gobert gets his third Defensive Player of the Year. This was by far his best defensive year, and I thought it was cool that he was recognized for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I voted for him. He continues to prove people wrong when it comes to the whole if you switch him out on the perimeter, he's going to be like a baby giraffe. And those days are over. But beyond that, you got to account for the tremendous impact he's making not only at the rim, but negatively impacting the opponent's three-point shooting because of the way his teammates can defend on the perimeter, knowing he's behind them. Nobody in the league had anywhere near the impact night in, night out that Rudy did. Gobert steals it, and the Jazz are up two games to none.
We're going to have rough stretches. It's going to happen. You know, I think the biggest thing for us is our will, continuing to take it step by step. And I completely trust my teammates. You know, they trust me to do what I do. We all trust each other to the maximum level. And that's why we play the way we play. Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, man, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Sounds of the week right there. Brought to you by friends at Zero Res. When I get the carpets and tile cleaned, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean, and I won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. I'm going to talk to Ben Anderson here in a moment. Covers it. (coughs) Excuse me. Now you now you now I did it. On. Covers the jazz for KSLSports.com. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. He is Ben Anderson with us here on the big show. Hi, Ben. Howdy. Did we hear you're just chilling at the airport? Is that what's going on? You know what? I actually was smart enough to leave the airport. I, I don't live that far from it, so I figured I don't need to sit there for five hours. I didn't know if I'd be able to come back after I went to security, but you know what? They were they were very accommodating. Right. So, question: Were there no other flights you could have switched over to? Oh, there's one I could have, uh, and it would have been a five-hour flight to Los Angeles with a layover somewhere. And I figured, you know what? With my luck already today, I should just get on one plane and stick with that plane yeah. and just cut my luck. Yeah, I do not yeah. blame you. I, that's great. You're going down, uh, you know, as we kind of get back to normal. It's pretty cool that uh, that you're headed to cover a road game. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it'll be exciting, and uh, it, it'll be an interesting atmosphere. You know, L.A., is a big fan of the Lakers. They're not as big a fan of the Clippers, and they have one of the lower capacities of any team remaining. So I'm just not sure how it will compare to what the Jazz did last night with you know, 18,000 people in the building. What were your overall uh, impressions of what you saw last night, Ben? Uh, it's incredibly impressive what the Jazz are doing right now. And, look, I think they're, they, they were a better team than the Clippers during the regular season, so I'm not surprised they're a better team in the postseason. But they are doing it without Mike Conley. And, and the Jazz have had a couple of moments where they could have folded – and I think this team, based on youth in previous seasons and inexperience, would have folded, missing 21 straight shots in the first quarter of game one, giving up a 21-point lead and trailing by two in the fourth quarter last night. And they just always have an answer. They just always figure it out. And that's been the case all season. That's why they never had a losing streak longer than two games. That's why they never really had a bad stretch of basketball. They just they always have an answer. And that's not something I'm used to seeing with this basketball team. What'd you make of uh, the issues with the zone last night, Ben? Uh, you, you know, I, I think it probably makes sense what a lot of the jazz players said after the game. Unless we're talking about the radio station, I thought you guys were fantastic. But <laughs> I, I thought the jazz were, were pretty good. I mean, they, they said they hadn't seen it in a long time. Memphis didn't play it at all. Uh, you know, they probably didn't really see it late in the season. The teams weren't trying that hard. So it's been almost a month since they've played against it. And they went out and they struggled a little. And they got better as time went on. And they stopped waiting for Donovan Mitchell to solve all their issues. And, and once they stopped doing that, they were just fine. And, and if the Clippers come out uh, tomorrow night trying to play the zone again, I think the Jazz will take it apart because they've been good all season against the zone. Early in that game, right off the bat, Ben, it seemed like Donovan Mitchell was just licking his chops. 
He was seeing what he wanted to see. He was coming off of picks. He was moving wherever he wanted, and he, he was making everything. As the game wore on, it changed a little bit. What was changing for him? I thought he got banged up. I mean, I, we've seen that weird step. I know I retweeted it. He kind of slipped out. He was trying to cross over Paul George. And I don't know if he hyperextended his ankle or his knee or whatever it was, but he certainly seemed more timid after that. And then it just got worse kind of as the game went on. He did not have a good second half at all. So I do think part of it was his own. Part of it was making him have a couple of different reads that he had to make. And he ended up with three turnovers, I think, in the fourth quarter. And then some of it, I just don't think he felt 100%. And, you know, that's, a, that's the danger of playing on an, on an injury like he has right now. Any little thing could tweak it. And it might not be serious. He said after the game he was just fine and he wasn't worried about it. But, you know, it, it might hurt for an hour. And an hour in an NBA game is a long time that can be the entire second half, which I think was the issue last night. Joe Ingles had a great game last night. Ben and I know you wrote about it. Uh, give us your thoughts on, I, I guess I want to say his breakout performance because he's had some snoozers, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was big. I, I thought it was important that he found a way to come out and answer the bell when the Jazz really needed him because he, they need him to play better. And look, they, they, they've only lost one game this postseason. It's not like it's been a, a critical failure or a fatal uh, failure by, by Joe Ingles to not play better to this point. But at some point, you know, when you're getting 32 minutes on the floor like he has been, you've got to play well. And in the fourth quarter when the Jazz really needed him, he stepped up and he took over. And, and that's the guy who we, we know he can be. And he does that in the regular season very often. So you can't just never do it in the playoffs. So it was good to see him have, have him come out. It can be a confidence booster for the rest of the playoffs, I think you hope. But ideally, you, don't, you also don't need him to do that very often. You know, Donovan Mitchell hopefully is healthy and, and is able to come back and play better. Uh, in the second half and in future games that he was able to last night. But it's nice to know that that's an option if you have to. And, and Joe Ingles now has a 10-minute end line. But, yeah, I can still get back to that. Can Boyan Bogdanovich cover Kawhi Leonard from from now until the end of the series? Uh, I, I mean, I guess that's an option. The nice thing is you're just making Kawhi work. You know, Kawhi still, he's been okay. I mean, the Jazz have outscored uh, the Clippers by 20 points with Kawhi in the lineup through 73 minutes. So, I don't think that's anything any draft fan expected to this point. So I think that's been really fabulous. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to cover him the way he has over the first two games, over the next you know two to four or five games, however long it takes to close the series. But I, I think it's nice that the Jazz feel like they have a competent option, at least for now, and it's worked for two games. And if you end up having to throw Royce O'Neal on him or, or different bodies at him as the series progresses, that's fine. But you've got more than I think you could have ever hoped for from Boyan. And, and it, some of it's simple. Some of it's not just, hey, in isolation defense, he's making quite work or poking the ball away and forcing the jump ball. Sometimes it's just simply denying him the ball on the inbound so he can't bring the ball up. And then you just kind of have him in a tougher position where he has to post up just to get the ball. And then you feel advantageous because you're in a spot where Rudy Gobert can come over and help. Like, it's little things like that that are beneficial even beyond, you know, oh, Boyan's made a couple of really good plays on the ball. Ben, I want your take on uh, Coach Ty Lu. Coach Snyder was very complimentary of Coach Lu, so, you know, what do I know? But it seems like Coach Lu has made some very curious decisions so far in these two games. Yeah, I, I guess it's weird because he's both felt like he doesn't have any answers, and at the same time, I'm not sure what else he's supposed to do. You know, like, I get that he's not found a consistent rotation that works, but you know, if you have a rotation that doesn't work, should you just stick with it and get swept by the Jazz? That's probably the wrong answer, too. So, in a way, he's not been consistent enough to give himself a chance to win. 
At the same time, they gave up 23s in the first quarter of game one. And if you give the Jazz 83s in a game, they're going to knock down 35% of them, and you're going to lose by 28 points. Like, you just have to have an answer, and he hasn't had it yet. And sometimes that's just the quality of your players. They just don't have good rim protection. They don't have good guard play, even though Reggie Jackson shot the ball well last night. They just don't have enough comprehensive answers for 48 minutes on the floor to beat the Jazz, and that's good for the Jazz and really bad for Teron Liu and the Clippers. Ben, I know this is a little opaque, but uh, I chose to write about it last night, and the Jazz are impressing me from a standpoint of what's between their ears. The way they're – and not just they're, – they're a smart team, they're cerebral, they do their film study, they, and Quinn Snyder is fantastic – but also from a, a confidence standpoint, a, a, like, like a, a quote-unquote, we can do this kind of thing going on in their minds. And for them, they, what, what was the run? 46 to 23. They were up 21, and they give up that huge run. And what do they do? They turn that boat around. And that, that is extremely difficult to do against a team like the Clippers. And I thought uh, I, it was just impressive. Yeah, it's a resilience they just haven't seen from this team before, and I think you're right. It, it exists between the ears. And, you know, it, it's weird that it's coming from a team that was up 3-1 last year and didn't know how to close out the Denver Nuggets, and then for whatever reason, that switch flipped this year. You know, and, and sure, you, you recognize that, you know, you, you, you dropped the ball last year to use a bad cliche, and, and that allowed Denver to get the win. But also, you know, the Jazz were trying to win those last three games. It's not like they didn't know those were all must-wins, and they just couldn't do it. So to be able to flip the switch like they have this season and just be able to do it, I think you're right. It's more than what's happening on the floor. It's a weird belief system that they have in each other, that they have in themselves, that they believe that that it, nothing is ever unfixable, that the problems are never unsolvable. And, and some of that is because they don't try and fix every problem with a major adjustment. They don't try and do something crazy on the floor. Quinn Snyder really, even I think painfully for some jazz fans at times, sticks with what works and, and, and it's continued to work. So, I think they have found a mental edge. I think they have a huge mental edge over this Clippers team right now that already felt like their season was crumbling in the first round against the uh, Dallas Mavericks and had to, you know, fight like hell to fight back and, and win that. They needed to, they faced a must win game three, a must win game six, and a must win game seven. And they won them all. But having three games like that in the first round, you know, we, we like to say, oh, you know, that, that toughens you up and gets you ready. It just wears you out, and they look worn out to me right now physically and mentally. Meanwhile, Ben, they score, they, they've won six straight playoff games, and if Reggie Jackson doesn't go off last night, they would have beat that team by over 20. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that is why the Clippers go out and get players like Reggie Jackson and Serge Ibaka. I know he's not going to play the rest of the season, but, you know, you go out and you get veterans who have shown they can do it on a high level, and, and that's why you go sign those guys. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, they just – they were they are close in a couple of these situations to not being in these games. You know, the Jazz go instead of 0 for 21 in that stretch. If the Jazz go 4 for 21, which is still you know would have been the worst stretch of shooting I think they've probably had all season. The Jazz probably win that game pretty easily going away. And then yeah, if Reggie Jackson doesn't have maybe his best career playoff game, that they aren't in that game. They don't ever make the comeback. And then the Jazz have won you know two games by 15 plus points and are and are walking into LA with a ton of momentum, even more so than they already have. So. The pressure's all on the Clippers right now. I mean, I think the Jazz have to feel like not only have they played well and dominated, they're playing with, with house money because they haven't had to, you know, figure out a way to get Mike Conley back in the lineup. They're doing this shorthanded with a guy who would really help uh, at this point. Mike Conley's a guy who would make this Jazz team significantly better and their attack uh, significantly better against this Clippers defense, and, and they found a way to do it without him. Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. Ben, I'm trying to 
think of the best way to ask you this question, but um, something I noticed something from Joe Ingles in the post game last night. He mentioned a couple of times. He mentioned it once, and then he went back to it, where he talked about how this is kind of. Uh, he mentioned the whole journey under Quinn Snyder, and he mentioned the seven years culminating with this experience, and and talked about it a couple of different times. So I guess my question to you is, how do you think? Coach Snyder has evolved over the years to bring him to this point. I do think some of it is a little bit of, of just kind of, and it's something he's talked about a lot, which is interesting. He's almost gotten tired of talking about adjustments now. If you say they want adjustments to him in a pre or a post game, he doesn't snap at you. You know, he's an extremely good uh, interview. He really does give, I think, very candid and thoughtful answers. But he kind of almost rolls his eyes at the idea of adjustments, which is like, you know, the Clippers aren't going to roll something out that the Jazz haven't haven't seen. And maybe the one thing they did was the zone because the Jazz haven't seen it in a month. And it actually worked for a little bit. And then the Jazz said, well, we've seen this. We know how to combat it. We know how to space the floor. And, and you know how to still run a pick and roll within it or just isolate and get into the paint. And you can do that, and that's what the Jazz did, and it, it won them the game. But the Jazz aren't trying to over-adjust to anything. And maybe that is something that young coaches felt like they have to do. Or maybe the Jazz had to do it because they just simply didn't have enough talent so you do have to win a little bit gimmicky. But now one of the things Quinn Snyder talks about a lot, which feels like a change to me, is he just says we need to execute. We need to execute better. We only need to worry about our execution. It's not about changing. It's about executing. And he has said that so many times this season, which is a – that's kind of a power play from a coach to say, we're not doing anything wrong strategically. We're just not doing it well enough. Our strategy is not working well enough on the floor because we're doing it wrong. And if you can do it right, you're going to win games. And the truth is he's been right basically all season long. When the Jazz play their style of basketball, generate threes, get into the paint, and play defense, they win most games. And that's why they did win most games this season. And circling back to Kawhi Leonard, are you expecting sort of a revival out of him? Is he going to go off for 30-plus points here in these next couple of games? He has to try. I mean, he, he can't go down like this. Then again, at times, Kawhi doesn't look super engaged on the floor. Now, he's never been high-emotion guy, you know. I mean, there was the, the, the big shot he hit against the Philadelphia 76ers in that run with Toronto to win the championship. And that may be the most emotional we've ever seen. And then I think at the post-game interview, I mean, it looked like he had a resting heart rate of about 60 again. He just doesn't – he's not fiery. He's not passion guy. And, and there's always been other players on his rosters that have seemed to do that for him. So I, I do think there's a part of this team where, yeah, he'll take over. Yes, he'll do his kind of you know unflinching domination that we know he's capable of. But I don't expect him to be the guy who says, all right, Clippers, hop on my back. I'm going to carry you to a, to, to a victory in the series. That's really never been his style. Ben, uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Have safe travels down to L.A. We look forward to the coverage. We'll see if I get there. All right, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> That's our friend Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. Or you can follow him on Twitter, at Ben's Hoops. He's great follow. He could have driven <clears throat> and gotten there faster. Mm. You got to get to the airport, what, a couple hours early? So there was that. Then there's the five-hour delay. And then you got to go through everything you go through afterward. Uh, can he make it to L.A. in nine hours? I don't know. You could have just lent him the Gulfstream. Well, it's expensive to, <laughs> to fuel that baby up. Well, you know, maybe he would have been a good road trip partner and filled it up, picked up a tank. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess maybe he would have done that. I'm not sure. Probably isn't cheap filling up the old Gulfstream these days, though. You do, uh, you do uh, have a poet Jet fuel there. does cost, yeah, cost a penny. All right, we want to remind you about the 60 and 60. It's back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen, every day at 1.30, as Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60, presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon, only on the Zone Sports Network. We'll have more big show for you coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Jazz now have two games to none lead in their best of seven series with the Clippers. They won last night at Vivid Arena, 117-111. to Quinn Snyder was uh, asked about the wing defense coming from uh, Boyan and Royce O'Neal. You know, what Boyan did tonight should should not go unnoticed. I mean, he you know, he epitomized what, you know, when, when you talk about a warrior, you know, the way that he played on both ends of the floor. And, you know, he always seems to want the ball when, you know, when at the important times in the game. And, you know, Royce is another guy that makes big shots. So that's that's how we that's how we've played. That's who we are. Um, guys trust in each other and playing for each other. And you know, it doesn't matter who's on the back end of the possession. Um, I think our guys have confidence that those shots are going to get taken. And, you know, we're going to make more than we miss. The series now flips to Los Angeles. Game three coming your way tomorrow night. Tip-off will be at 6.30. Pre-game coverage out from the plaza in front of Vivint Arena begins at 5. This update brought to you by our friends at Mountain Land Supply. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I've been lost in my own place and I'm getting weary. How far is heaven? And I know that I need to change. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your Friday. Gordon, uh, usually in series, uh, the lower seed wins game three. I just say usually. It's not you know all the time, obviously. But even in uh, like a, a series where the Jazz were playing against the Spurs and were overmatched all those years ago in the Western Conference Finals, they still won. Just because they're playing at home? Game three. You know, you come home, you've got all the energy. You know, usually there's some urgency there because you're down 0-2. You know, all these other reasons. So with that in mind, I think I asked Sarah Todd about this earlier. But with that in mind, what what are the chances you're giving the Jazz in game three? Uh, I give them a decent chance for a couple reasons. I think the Jazz are really strong-minded like we talked about earlier. Uh, I think both teams know that if the Jazz win this game, this thing's over. Yeah, which should light a fire under the Clippers, it though, right? You would think. It should, but will it? I, I don't know. We saw them come back from their 21 points down against Dallas when it looked like they were cooked, and uh, and they found a way to come back from that. But the Jazz aren't the Mavs. That's the difference here. Uh, if If I'm one of the Jazz players and they have the mindset that they have right now, I'm I'm grabbing for the throat in Game Three. 
because if you get this one, the Clippers are done. And and really, if you lose, you're still up 2-1, so you should be able to play loose and free. Jordan Clarkson was asked about that a little bit last night, and he was talking about playing free. He said that's what he does, and that's what uh, that's what he wants the team to do. Uh, I agree with that, man. If they go out there and just get into it, and we've seen the Jazz do that during the regular season. Remember those games when just everything started flowing for them, and next thing you know, they're just crushing somebody. Uh, they were kind of crushing the Clippers last night, and they found a way back. But I think that was a little bit of an anomaly for two reasons. One, the zone, and two, Reggie Jackson went crazy. I don't I I can't see him doing that consistently, can you? Well, I don't know if I'd classify what he did as going crazy either, but yeah, I don't expect him to score 29 points a game in the series. Uh, What's well, no. his shooting percentage? I don't have that in front of me. He averages right? just under 11 points a game. So, that he, he that was, mark that tied his season high which he had one time earlier this in April. He was being left pretty wide open. He was. Yeah. That's quite intentional. So I, I guess it's interesting. You, you've got kind of the jazz angle of things uh, covered. My, my mind goes right to the Clippers. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the jazz will, they've been pretty consistent. I think they'll put up a good performance in game number three. But what do you see from the Clippers? And my mind goes to what do I expect them to do differently that would create a different result? And my mind goes right to Kawhi Leonard. You know, does Kawhi Leonard finally go supernova and and go out there and win a game, which is absolutely entirely possible. Um, But I I think about the way the Jazz have played him with Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Gobert, and I'm putting Gobert in the the mix because I think he's really been critical in how they've been able to defend him. How likely is it that Kawhi has a 40-point night the way the Jazz have been playing? You know, because that's that's really the only way – I mean – the way the Jazz have played them defensively, the way the Jazz offense has worked, the way the Clippers have had really no answer for the Jazz offense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else they could do. Well, see, I like the way you frame that because part A is Kawhi capable of it. We've seen it so many times yeah, before. He's one of the best players in the league. But yeah, absolutely. Will he do it against this Jazz strategy defensively? Yeah, the way they're playing. Yeah. And I, you don't manufacture I mean, what Rudy. You don't manufacture what Rudy Gobert does, right? And, and and Kawhi, he's being guarded pretty well by the whoever's got the assignment. But if he beats that man, then doggone it! If Rudy Gobert isn't standing right there, so he either has to stop and do that little mid-range shot, or he uh, he has to try and take on Rudy. And that ain't working. Not yep. usually. We saw that on a number of occasions last night. But that mid-range shot is exactly how Chris Paul put the Jazz out of the playoffs the first time they played Houston. Remember that? Where the Jazz played incredible defense, but Chris Paul had like 30 points, and it was all from 15 feet. But this isn't that team. No, it's not that team, but that's still the weak spot in the Jazz defense yeah, because that's the shot they, that they, they give up. But they want, Yeah, they want it they to be. They want it to be. But Kawhi's good enough that he can win you a game from the mid-range, even though that's want, you know yeah. statistically what you want to give up. So that's... That's the the that's what's up in the air to me. Do they do the Clippers turn the ball over to Kawhi and figure out a way to beat the Jazz scheme? And that that's the mid range, in my opinion, or at least what that's what we've seen before. But I don't know if that's the direction the Clippers go. That's why that's why Game Three is much more about the Clippers, in my opinion, than the Jazz. I know that's just 
you know, hot take factory or whatever. But I expect the Jazz to play well. I wonder how the Clippers play differently. So getting back to your original question, do you think they will turn the ball over to Kawhi and let him go? I think they've tried to do that. Have they really? I think the Jazz have done a good job on Kawhi. I mean, I, yeah, I guess that's the old thing uh, people have talked about. Will the Jazz get credit for for beating the Clippers, or will the Clippers be blamed for not beating the Jazz? And and uh, same thing with the defense they're playing against Kawhi. Is Kawhi getting blamed for not being aggressive enough, or not being involved enough, or are the Jazz getting credit for doing one heck of a job against him? Well, listen, Coach Lou, I don't think has had the best series. He's made some curious decisions, in my opinion, but I don't think he's pulling his team over in the fourth quarter and going, you know what, we're not going through Kawhi now, guys. We're going to go through someone else. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think that's his strategy. I think the Jazz have done a good job of playing him straight up, uh, Rudy's done a good job of keeping him out of the paint, and he's had to give the ball up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, when and if they figure out a way to change that, then the Clippers are going to have some success. I would expect Kawhi Leonard to have a pretty strong game. I would have said that last night. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the Clippers had won that game last night, I think they win the series. I don't know about that, but it certainly would be. It's a lot different being at one one than it is being at two zero. Just ask, you know, the Hawks. Well, it didn't happen, so the Jazz are sort of in the driver's seat right now, and and yeah. it's up to the Clippers to adjust. The Clippers are on their heels, like we were talking about. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to lay down in the series by any means. Well, everyone's saying, well, the same thing happened against the Mavs, and look how they fought back and what they did. Well, the Mavs didn't play any defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. The Mavs, yeah. if you, you know, I don't know how the Mavs won the games they did in that series because they just don't guard anybody. And so Kawhi did go supernova against the now mm-hmm. uh, against the Mavs over and over again because they there was just no resistance. Right? It's funny how good defense uh, can can make a, a a really good player. Well, as the Jazz have said, they're making them work. Funny how that works, isn't it? I still think Kawhi is so good that I'm I'm expecting him to go 30 plus. I, I I am, and I don't know if it'll happen. If it doesn't happen, then I'm not sure the Clippers can win. But if you want to, if you ever question my love of the two-way player, look how valuable Boyan Bogdanovich is right now that he's playing both sides of the floor. Even with the two turnovers. Even with the two turnovers, yeah. still incredible. Don't hold value. your breath. <laughs> <laughs> he played terrific last night. He really did. And I agree with Joe. I mean, if you can play defense like that, why don't you play defense like that? Like that? Like that all the time. Run well, Lucy like right over. I think, um, I think having a specific assignment like this helps. Does that make any sense? You remember when uh, Memo Kerr would go up against um, Yao Ming in the playoffs and Memo would do a half-decent job against Yao, and you'd be like, is that the same guy? I think, but then Memo would score zero points. Remember that, where his <laughs> offense just took the series yes, off? I but, do remember But the that. whole thing was is he was giving it all he had against yeah. Yao Ming and was doing a pretty darn good job. I think sometimes when you get a specific assignment – and, you know, like Coach Snyder said, he talked to Boyan about hitting the boards and playing some defense. I'm sure he pulled him aside and said, hey, listen, 
huge part of this series is your ability to guard one of two really good players, and that's what we need from you. And he responds. He, yeah. Well, either that or you awaken the giant. And you can say, hey, listen, you got the big fellow behind you, so get in his pocket and don't leave. Everything about his body language last night, and he played pretty well in game one too, but it, it, I, it, it just looked different to me. He was really into it. And I've always had that question, Jake. If you're good enough to get your shot at the offensive end, aren't you good enough to be able to play defense? Not all the time, no. Apparently not, but we saw it last night. A guy like Carlos Boozer is so limited laterally, he was never going to be a good defender. So but what he can is, go get a bucket. So what's Bogdanovich? What, is he limited? Well, He's strong. He's not the fastest. And and but defense and offense take a different skill set, you know. Yeah, I know, but it takes the same athleticism, doesn't it? Um, or similar, at least. That's my question. How can you get open offensively and not be able to stay between your man and the basket? Uh, well, explain Jimmer's run at BYU. He got open plenty. Yeah, I don't think true. anybody would say that he's athletic enough to be a great defender. Well, then how did he get open? It's a different skill set. That's I know, what I but just you said. still have to have the athleticism to do it. You have to have ball handling. That matters. Smarts, positioning, all that stuff comes yeah. into play. All right. So I don't know. I just I'm not coming along with your premise entirely. I get what you're saying. I'm just not. Well, apparently, it, it, I mean, because the this this I'm sorry, the discrepancy is there quite frequently. So there must be something to it. But some people say that's desire. How gritty are you? How plucky are you? And I guarantee you, that's what Quinn said to Bogdanovich. He said, "Bogey." I want you to go out there and stop that man. And if he beats you, Rudy is right there with you. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz brilliant shooting in Game 2 carried them to a 117-111 win over the L.A. Clippers, and they now lead the series two games to none. Game 3 is Saturday in Los Angeles right here on 1280 The Zone and 97.5. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. It is time. That time. Is it time? It is time. For 20 Seconds of Baseball, brought to you by our friends at Peach Building Products. For more than 25 years, Peach Building Products has been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-566-1255 for all of your window and door needs. Austin, 20 Seconds of Baseball. 
And now it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball Ahem. with the big show's Austin Horton. That's me. Right here on the Zone Sports Network. <gasps> the Beast continue their homestand with Albuquerque in town through Tuesday. First pitch at 635 on 1280 The Zone. Tickets at SLBs.com. A Manhattan judge yesterday rejected an attempt to force baseball to return next month's All-Star Game to Atlanta. They moved it to Denver in reaction to Georgia's new restrictive voting laws. And only eight teams in MLB remain below 85% vaccinated, but the pace of vaccination has slowed. All right. Wow, there, there's a lot of different types of information in that 20 seconds of baseball. As there always is. Oh, there you go. Nailed I it. think you did about 18 seconds. Yeah. Well, the, the song is 20 seconds long, yeah. so I don't know how so that's That's pretty possible. easy to time it out. You know, well, the, the, I, mean, I was watching the clock. Well, the song doesn't change. The song's pretty much there the seems same. seems to be a bit of a dispute. <laughs> I'm going to trust the computer that says 20 <laughs> over you eyeballing the clock. Austin, <laughs> what's the most interesting thing going on in baseball? None of those interested you, did no, they? No, no, I'm going to say the most interesting. The, the, the manipulation yeah. of the pitch. Yeah. Right, because nobody can get a hit, right? Isn't that the problem? Well, yes, yeah, you saw a no-hitter every four days. Right. <laughs> and so then baseball, who has turned a blind eye knowingly to this problem for several years, went, okay. So last year they, they doctored up the ball yes. uh, so that the, the pitcher couldn't grip it, so the home runs exploded. This year, they're allowing pitchers to just put Vaseline and, and jalapeno and, and tar yeah. on the ball. <laughs> and so finally, they're like, all right, we got to do something about this. And that's going to it's going to break open. I think it will eventually. Well, it has the potential to be bigger than the steroid era problem. Wow. Really? Because every pitcher does this. And while a lot of people have that notion that every hitter was on steroids, I think it was a lot, but I don't think it was every, but every pitcher is doing something to the ball right now. Mm. So. Every mm. time I think of this, I think of that scene from uh, from Naked Gun. When uh, Leslie Nielsen, or Frank Drummond, is checking out the players, you know, and uh, trying to search for the assassin, potential assassin. He goes out to the mound, remember? I do. Didn't he have a chainsaw out there or something? Had a number of different things. I think he had a sander of some sort. And <laughs> a file. My favorite part of that scene is where it says, "Don't let him get the third out," and the 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 pitcher throws just a pipe shot, and he's like, <laughs> "Ball." <laughs> that is classic. Uh, but it is a pro. And I, look, okay, so what's the answer, Mister Baseball? Uh, to not allow substances on the mound? Of any kind, ever. Yeah. How about this? No hats, no pockets. Then where are you going to hide the stuff? No In uniform. Your hair? No uniform. In your hair? Yeah, but you're going to... Someone's combing through their hair and then rubbing the ball every time? What's going to stop them from doing it in the dugout, though? I mean, they, Well, the ball doesn't go to the dugout. Yeah, but you load it up on your hand, I guess. What about or on okay. your nose, like Hold in sunscreen, it. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what about snot? What about it? Well, I mean, it's it, already outlawed. I I know, but you can't. <laughs> the problem here is there's no, the there, last I checked, there are no Saint Bernards that also pitch in the major <laughs> leagues. No, you're, the the problem here is it's the gray area in the rules that it's not technically against the rules, right? That's, well, that's uh, the issue, and that there's been a lack 
of care in enforcing the rules that are there. So what are the players saying about this, Mr. Baseball? Are they Well, are the, the batters pitchers, are grumpy. The pitchers obviously uh, like what they're doing. Yeah, the batters are grumpy and the pitchers are in this weird you heard we even talked about it, I think yesterday with Garrett Cole where he said, I don't know how I can answer that question. Yeah. They're in this weird middle ground where they know they're doing it, we know they're doing it, but they don't want to admit to doing it because then they will get punished when baseball gets their act together. It's honestly, the steroid was a Bud Seedling problem, and it only became a problem when it became obvious. He and baseball liked the steroids because it was the most popular sport ever. In the history of this, in the, of that sport, it was it had never been watched more than that summer of uh, Bonds and Sosa. Right, but so do they like want to watch games that uh, no one gets a hit. Well, and that's it swung back the other way. Yeah, they they messy they messed with the ball to explode the home runs last season. All the pitchers complained, so then they went too far the other way and let the pitchers do whatever they want. It's another commissioner problem. I feel bad for the pitchers who did throw a no-hitter or a perfect. Has anybody thrown a perfect game this year? Uh, no. no. A lot of no-hitters, and I don't know. Maybe if what you say is true, then nobody's doing it legitimately. But has anybody done it legitimately, legitimately through the years? Right there. I mean, there's an awful lot of Hall of Fame pitchers who are doctoring the ball. I agree, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. There's a guy. There's guys like Randy Johnson who – Probably didn't need to doctor any ball, but you never know. Maybe they did. Mm. Who knows? So the solution is either allow it or don't and get to work on it. Yeah. There you go. Do something. Do you want my own, my honest opinion? Yeah. I allow steroids, allow doctoring of the ball, allow it all. What? Yep. I don't know if I'm coming that far. It's your body. I, I have heard people say that. I don't know. The difference between $30 million and $300 million is steroids. You're taking the steroids. You are. That doesn't make it right, so you, But it's you, you're rich. And then you just go on 60 Minutes and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do I shouldn't have done that. Blah, blah, blah. No, they don't take your money away. So you're going to let teams bang on trash can lids? Yeah, why not? Anything let, goes. Let's, let's just uh, let's turn this into the NBA where there's a conspiracy <laughs> every night. Do you agree with that in all sports? The the drugs and yeah. all that uh, yeah. all sports? Like e- what a, either what a, let it go or really bring the hammer down on it. Not this middle ground of sometimes and not. Well, what about what about this scenario? Have you ever seen the movie Mash not the television no, show I Mash? You know, they play a football game in the movie. And uh, they're doctors, right? And so the <laughs> the other team has a player that's just tearing them up. And uh, like a running back, and so their their whole thing is like they get in a pile tackle. The the running back gets tackled, and you just see this arm come out of the pile, and it has a syringe, <laughs> and then it just plunges it into the running back. <laughs> then you know the next thing you know, the running back has no idea what planet he's on, and he's like running backwards. Yeah, you know? half what, his what, body is numb. Yeah. yeah, right. What about something like that? Fine. Either what? either allow it or don't. But none of this middle ground where, well, we don't, we can't absolutely prove that they did it. No. Oh. Have rules and enforce them or have no rules. You have bionic players out there. And you'll never, you'll never miss a penny. All right, guys, here's the syringe. Go take Tom Brady out of the game. <laughs> I tell you what sport needs it more than anyone, golf. That stuff's boring to watch. Oh, man. What, do you want tackle golf? Something. 
let the spectators shoot Nerf darts at the golfer or something. Blow darts. Actual darts. Tranquilizer darts. Oh, wow, Phil's back on the eighth. Somebody got him with the dart. <laughs> he won't be conscious Pace again. of play of penalty. Uh, for a couple it, hours, man. he's down. That is rad. Cool. All right, stay tuned. I would tuned. watch it. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Friday, another week comes and goes. Let's get out of here. Let's go have fun. Let's go do something. What are we doing? Let's go over to the Bees game. Oh, the Bees uh, homestand. It's happening right now. Started about a half hour ago. Hmm. Hot dog does sound good. It's a beautiful night for it. It is a beautiful night. I'll tell you, summer nights in Utah are, are something else. Although... Aren't we supposed to, Austin and I were talking about this yesterday, aren't we supposed to hit it like 104 on Tuesday? Uh, they, they, they downgraded that, Jake. What is it now? 103. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in, the, in the evening hours, that should uh, cool down to something rather... Yeah, like comfy. 96. We're not in Phoenix. Next week we're going to be. Are we? Yeah, they've been, there's been push notifications, uh, banners across the TV... They're pretty serious about this heat wave coming in the next few days. Well, and it's not like uh, this uh, part of the country isn't dry enough already, so that's good news. And the the better news is I saw a fireworks stand going up the other day. So. What? I thought they were banning that stuff. Only on state property, oh. I think. Well, it's a good thing because nobody wants uh, you know any kind of problems on day off in July. What'd you say about firework people that they should be rounded up and buried or something? <laughs> it, well, it was it was a time restraint. So if it, if one firework goes off after eleven p.m., we roll through the towns with tanks, <laughs> gather up the fireworks, the people, no, the fireworks, and bury them in the desert. But that, because I had some bad friends and coworkers at the time, turned into me saying rounding up people and burying them in the desert. No, the fireworks. Not the Wait, people. You're burying the fireworks, not the people. Correct. Are you sure? What if the people are with the fireworks? Well, I mean, as long as they're not trespassing, I can't do anything about that. But I am burying the fireworks. So. You ever have a firecracker go off in your hand? No, I have all ten fingers. Have we? Did we just meet? Uh, I saw a friend one. I think he had like a cherry bomb or something, and he lit it, and he went to throw it, and as he threw it. It blew up about about a foot outside of his hand. And what, what was, was the result? The, was it the hand outside of his foot? Not, it, it, oh my nothing. Gosh. He, I think he got singed a little bit, but it would have been a lot worse than that had that thing not been released. So nothing happened. Nothing. Happened. It's a story about nothing. It scared the living daylights out of me. I heard a car backfire the other day, but I didn't bring that up. <laughs> Who could possibly care about that? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, enjoy the uh, enjoy the weekend. <laughs> By the way, viewing party tomorrow here at Vivint Arena for the game. Uh, you can make your reservation, get 10% off at the team store at utahjazz.com. You know, there doesn't have to be a disaster in every story, Austin, to make it worth telling. There, but there does have to be a point. There does have to be a point. The, the gotta, point is that <laughs> it scared the living daylights out because it would have blown his fingers off. But didn't. I didn't. I know, but it... That that didn't change the experience. 
I'm also terrified well, of tornadoes. But there's not one in this story. But if there was a store, if there was a tornado that blew right by your house and it didn't hit your house, that would be a story you would tell. A firework is not a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's exit stage left, shall we? We'll talk to you on Monday on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 the zone.